You found the Love Fly podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, fear of flying coach. I've been helping nervous flyers since 1997. And in this podcast, you will find aviation experts, enthusiasts, and also people just like you that have beaten their fears. A massive welcome to you and thank you so much for listening. This episode, we're talking to Charlotte Olson, who's the author of the Susie series, including Susie Goes on an Aeroplane. And the first time I spoke to her was, well, years ago, as you'll find out. So welcome, Charlotte. It's uh, really great to be able to properly meet you, because I feel like we've known each other for quite a while. And yes. when you first brought out your book, not when you first, you had a run of books. There's loads of them now, isn't there? But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I do remember us having some contact I said, how long ago was it? It was it was quite a while ago, if I'm honest, because I think I've contacted you with the Susie Aeroplane book in the very beginning, and that was probably yeah. 2013, 14. Oh, wow. So yeah, that long... Tell us about your, your books and why you do what you do and a bit about yourself, and I'm going to drink coffee. Listen. Okay. Well, basically, over well, it'd be 13 years ago since I started the whole Susie Books project, and my son had a diagnosis of autism or Asperger's back then. And there was nothing out there to help other families and parents prepare children for, you know, everyday experiences that you and I would take for granted, but a child on the spectrum would find it very challenging and overwhelming. So we, we went on an aeroplane with our son and I remember really dreading it, thinking, how is he going to cope with it? And and it's all that, you don't realise until you're in a situation how it that they are going to be affected. They might be absolutely perfect, might be lovely, but you know, airports are busy, they're noisy, there's lots of people, crowds. It, 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 it can sort of throw a child off sync with everything that's going on, whereas you and I are sort of used to it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he's just asked, my son just asked me earlier, why did you write? And he went, is it because of me? And I said, yes. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, so that was obviously 13 years ago and, and now... 13 books in and they're still being used and helping lots of people, which is lovely. So are you doing like a book a year or is that just random? It's just sort of random. It just happens really. Um, I've just done a football. There's a football club that are near us that have sensory bags for their autistic fans. And I've just done a football book for their, for their club. So effectively that could be quite a big thing for other clubs in the future if they want their own sort of social story written but there are many many different you know day-to-day challenges situations that you can write about that are going to help all children at the end of the day yeah and, and probably parents to be honest yeah 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 the books how was it intended was it intended that you would read it that that they might read it or that the parents would have understand what it's like for them? more the parents to then explain to the child because, you know, I do feel preparation for many children is is vital and key. And I think if they've sort of got what they're expecting to happen maybe in their head and are processing that, it will make the whole situation less daunting and less challenging. But again, my key thing with the books is that I always wanted them to be positive. And, but the simplicity as well as not to overwhelm the child and you know, the sensory processing for them to take the information in might get too much. It's got to be simple. The, the illustrations are very easy to the eye as well. So it has got to be, like I said, simple and easy, really. Yeah. So, well, so the first one was Susie Goes on the Aeroplane. 
that was the one we spoke. I don't know, but I don't think it was. But that that was the first one for you and I that it was the aeroplane because obviously the connection with flying and the aeroplanes. Yeah. But yeah, and like I said, that was going back 2013, 2014. It's got to be. So which is quite scary, really. So how did, how did you write it? Like, how did you put yourself in the position of writing that book so that you could bring it to life for somebody else reading? Well, in my head, I sort of, sort of do like, but when I start a book, I always do the topics. I'm, I'm old school spider graphs. <laughs> so I've got the topic in the middle and I just have loads of legs coming off as to, you know, in my head, what we, what affected us with the airport and the flying, how we progressed, what any child is going to, you know, might, might affect them. And then you just add on and add on and add on. The book, so the books are rhyming as well, which I think is quite a nice way to have because it sort of flows yeah. nicely for the person reading and obviously the person listening. But yeah, but that's it. Through every stage. Yeah. So from hacking. Like... So in the, the airplane books, basically the journey, the child may be anxious about going to the airport, arriving at the airport, placing your bags with the the lady and get your tickets. Well, obviously you did probably e-tickets now, so you don't do all that anymore. And then just going to the plane, getting comfortable, finding your seat, the air stewardess doing the safety check with the cards and the book and the mask. So it's, 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 you try to put as much detail in, but not too much detail as well, if that makes sense. And then it's, you know, you've, you've flown, you've arrived at your destination, you pick up your cases on the carousel and you go and enjoy a lovely holiday. Have you always been a writer? No, I'm trained as an NNEB, so I've, but I've always worked with children. So I've been a nanny, worked in nurseries. And then before I started writing, I was a teaching assistant in a school. Right, okay. So child, I've always had that connection with the, the children. Like, so I remember when we first, you first contacted us, I was running the Flight That Fear program there. We promoted your book because yeah. we just thought, and I, I read it then. I thought you, you do have a way of sort of connecting. You, you write it in a way which sounds like you kind of know where people are. You've got, yeah. very much got the audience in mind. And that makes sense with your background there. You know? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that some, like a need that, that you had has then brought out, you've spotted a gap. Yeah. You've produced a whole bunch of them. So tell us, give us a few of the selection of areas that... What, the, like the other titles sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Why yeah, did I that... just say that? Tell me the other titles. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other title. The question. There's before, going to a funeral. That was something we went had, and my son came with us, and I found it very interesting how he couldn't he couldn't understand why everyone was so upset, why everybody was crying, the emotional side of so it. He couldn't grasp that whatsoever, and that was that's been quite a really good book. I know it's. Bit morbid, but it is a really good book to explain to children again in the positive sort of manner. We've done that one. I've done um, going to the hairdressers. We had sensory issues. We've haircuts were just awful for William, so that's another good one to talk about. About the, the spray, the smells, the lighting, the capes, the, the chair, the snipping of the scissors, the 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 razor thing. I can't know what it's called. That's gone off the top of my head. But you know what I mean? Clippers, clippers. And then I'm just, I think I've done, I collaborated with a lady and did a book to teach children about autism. So they, in, in making friendships, we've done that book, learning about autism. Done the Christmas one because Christmas is quite, it it's, can be quite overwhelming for many children because there's a lot going on. Yeah. And 
it's just a nice way of talking about doing it, writing a Christmas list and decorating the tree. And it's almost like sort of going back to how things were when I was younger and what we did, you know, and mum goes up to the loft to get the decorations out and dad's cooking dinner while she's doing the Christmas tree. So yeah, that's quite a nice one. Going to school, started school's a biggie. So yeah, so there's a, there's quite you know, a few now. I've got a couple more ideas. Good life events, aren't they? Yeah. Things that, like you said at the beginning, it's stuff that we might take for granted. Although you've written it with autism in mind, it sounds to me like they they would be helpful for anybody. That's oh yeah, absolutely. Wrong. Yeah, because all, all children might want to know what's you know. It's quite difficult to try to. You may have something in your head and that actually doesn't go like that so it's an easy simple way of sort of letting them have an idea and what to expect really because one of the things that's come up in the love fly facebook group is uh, and it was a, a couple of months ago now that somebody said oh i'm traveling my child he has i can't how you abbreviate is it asd yeah what is inspecting disorder yeah they put that acronym but i had to quickly google and i thought what well, i haven't seen that written like that and they said any tips and lots of people came on and said, oh, you know, I've got similar or grandson. One of the things, a couple of things I've noticed, one is that people want to help. And secondly, it was lots of different types of advice. I thought, I wonder how you manage that challenge in your book, because it's like saying all children will have this. Not all children. Because imagine everybody with, who has different levels of autism. No. It's a huge spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. How do you do that sort of encompass? You just you're not going to cover everybody's life, are you, or what, what, how everybody's situation is different, and, and it's just trying to make what you can so it's enough for people to take on board. And I'm sure, you know, if I look back, I'm sure if I rewrote things now, I probably could have put more in because there's other things that have happened along the way. But I, I, it's just keeping it enough so that the child take it on board and the parents can sort of explain a lot some parents will often verify the book to their own needs I've felt someone just bought the football book on Twitter and he said that he's changed some of the wording so it suits their family which you know it's very easy to adapt yeah that's a good way of making it more personal to you if that's what you want to do as well yeah that makes sense how do you talk so talk us through like so the, the, the Susie goes on airplane how do you talk about things like turbulence or the safety side of it? How how do you explain that? Well, in, but again, not to scare the child, <laughs> but I sort of talk about that that you've got to fasten your seatbelt, ready for the journey. The lady's got the book, and it talks about putting a mask on your face and brace, brace, brace. So obviously those rhyme, and showing that lights light up along the floor to show the emergency exits, and then talk about how. Susie gets a funny feeling in her tummy when they're going down and mummy explains it's like going down the slide and it's that same sensation but it's fine it's okay I don't actually talk about turbulence because because I don't like turbulence myself I was all like <laughs> maybe I need to do one for me <laughs> but yeah so again but it is you know like you said, like I said before you could probably pack so much more in for an adult, maybe you might have to put that bit more in, but you're trying to keep it as plain and easy going for the child thing. Yeah. So we need version, well, 
cardboard is unversioned. We sound like we need an update with turbulence mentioned in this. How do you talk about turbulence? I don't know. I don't know. That's fishing. I don't, you'd have to leave that one with me and I'll write you a paragraph and see if you like it. All right, then, do that. But, and also, you know, sorry, I was going to say we were, when I spoke to the publishers, obviously with COVID, because no one was flying and airports were shut, and then people slowly, gradually started getting back to some sort of normality. We were saying, what, do we do masks? Do we add masks into it now? But obviously, haven't done that because it's all changed again, hasn't it? Yes, it's. Yeah, I mean, if you flew now, you never know it ever existed. It wasn't that long yeah. ago, was it? Yeah. So, you know, the crew were all covered in stuff. And that in itself was scary enough well, yeah, scary. for many. That's really, that's really interesting. So, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the, let's do the turbulence up there. I remember when you first did your version of it, you sent it through and you said, if, if you, you said, does this sound right? Right. Being honoured that you asked this kind of thing. You'd obviously done just the time, the thought to work out what happened yeah. and what to say about it. But yeah, we'd love to do the same. If you want to talk about turbulence, we could then sort of, we, we could sort of say, oh, this is what actually is happening. Especially if you don't like it yourself, Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not, and I, I, it sounds a bit silly, but I'm not the best. I think it's only as I've got older, I've become a bit more nervous flying. I suppose when you're younger, you just, it's like, Really exciting and fun now, and everyone knows what's happening. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it does seem to be one of those things that creeps up on you. Uh, for a lot of people, it can't be. Yeah, I read some of it be around about the age of thirty-five. We start to think about our mortality stuff, but that can be earlier as we've had children. Yeah, this this comes the thought in our head. We realise we're not invincible. Perhaps. No. <laughs> And maybe the extra responsibility of having a small human with us triggers us as well. Yeah, maybe. Even though when you're looking after them, you're sort of being brave, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. my children just used to say, look at mum, <laughs> mum's going, I grab the seat, push my feet when we're breaking and when we're coming down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which helps, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> only every passenger would do that, just make it so much I know, I know. That's funny. So, so one of the questions that that I'd really love to 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 get from this would be, or an answer would be, about what advice would you give in terms? So, so from the beginning, so so somebody who's listening to this and think, yes, I've got a son or daughter who's somewhere on the autistic spectrum, uh, but some general tips. So, start from like you're thinking about booking the holiday right the way through to taking. Get, you know, get on flights and, and get in there. What sort? Would you mind sort of breaking it down so that people can? I mean, obviously they can read your book as well, which we look yeah. recommend. But sort of just some sort of general tips that might perhaps might. I, th- I think just preparing the child as best as you can, whether it be visually, if you've got pictures of the airport, pictures of the plane, talking about it, so explain to them. You know, talking about yeah, you know, showing with the hotel you're going to stay at the really is going to stay up, you know, and explaining about what it's just, just generally talking and keeping it calm, easy, honest, but, but you know, well, not to worry them. But I, yeah, I think preparation, I always say preparation, visuals, a timetable, some form of something you can do yourself and be up, coming up to the holiday, they can look at and they can see and they can ask questions as well. 
I do think that it's really, really important to, to sort of, you know, have that. And there, there many parents do make their own. I've had a, a friend whose son was on, is on the autistic spectrum and she did a whole visual about you know, the, the, the hotel, the bed, toilet, the, you know, every, everything. So he knew exactly what he was expecting when he got there at the airport, you know, their cases, their clothing they were taking, you know, just so he knew before and, you know, and while they were there. But I just do think it is really helpful for, for, for any child to know, you know. I think you're right, because it is, it's a bit like when I, I went to the airport, I had been, been on holiday for a while, and so we went recently, I've taken some flights, short work flights, but did a proper holiday one. I'm just forgetting how stressful it is, you know, like yeah. all the things that you have to do and think about, the noise. That's, that's before getting on the plane or to getting through the, the, the doors, you know, isn't it? You know, it's... And yeah. nothing ever goes to plan. You know, what, no. What you've, you've planned, there's going to be something that could be a delay, there could be a change of aircraft, there could be... I mean, how, does, how do you deal with that sort of stuff? So, you know, the stuff last minute where it changes... I suppose you, again, you'll have to sort of try and explain the best you can and, you know, keep, give, have the child books, colouring things that can, they can occupy themselves because, you know, all children get bored if they've got to sit around and wait, something's delayed, you know. Um, and obviously, you know, years ago, I'd take William would only eat certain foods, so I'd take my own foods. But, of course, you probably can't do that these days because of allergies and everything else. But I suppose in the airport, you probably can have a little pack lunch or something. But yeah, it's just it's having things to keep them entertained and because you don't know what's going to happen. Do you, like I said, you go there, nothing ever goes to plan, nothing's ever swiftly, you know, and then you're sort of hanging around and you know, I think it's best to keep them happy yeah. and to keep it stress-free as possible for all of you, really. That's a very good point. Do <laughs> you know one of the things that we've got, I was just wondering whether this would be something that might be helped. I'm sure he won't mind, but I'll, I'll offer it. But uh, there's a guy in our group called Peter Higgins who did a flight checklist. And this is literally from all the stages of flight and all the noises and all the different bits that happen from the beginning of the flight all the way to, to landing. And I wondered if that's the sort of thing that would be quite helpful for people because I, I know that our nervous flyers, but they, they download it. They tick it off as they go through their flight. Yeah. They find it helpful. I wonder if it would be the Yeah, that's not, yeah. That's not, yeah, that's not so silly, is it? That's And it's something that they're, is keeping them busy and something else to focus on as opposed to panicking about what's going on and, you know, and the whole experience. And yeah, I did, I did read something like that. Even, even in the airport, you know, having a checklist for the yeah. child so that they can tick when they put the suitcases on, tick that they've gone through, you know, they even go through security is daunting and all that in itself. But then I think a lot more places do have sort of fast tracking systems now for autism children. And they, a lot more airports are having these sensory rooms, which is a calming place for children to sit in. So it's a room that's got lots of lights, soft padding, and they can, you can book it and your child, if you're anxious, because it's just a calming sort of room to keep them calm before going on. Yeah, right. So, where is that anywhere particularly good like this? Well, I know that Bristol have got their own now because I'm in Bristol, and I'm sure that if you've I've googled it, there's quite there are quite a few airports now that will have a sensory calming room, and I, I do think you have to book it. I don't think you generally 
go in free will, but it is a nice place, a safe place for if the child has a meltdown, it's padded, they can sort of relax and try and, you know, have the headphones on and, and keep them calm before the flight. What a great idea. How did that, yeah. you know, how did they cover that? No, I don't. They, they just suddenly sort of popped up in more and more places. I have noticed more air force. Shannon Airport in in Ireland, they've got one because I remember reading about that. But yeah, that, but I do think it's a really good thing to have. It's really good. I like that. I didn't know about that. So yeah. Bristol, Shannon. Good yeah, I'll have, to, I'll, have to, I'll have to Google and send you the list. There's quite a few. In fact, in fact I'll send this to you. I found a site today and when I was Googling autism airports and it's got all the autism friendly airports and what they have news in the UK. So obviously some have lanyards, some flower hidden disability lanyards, and others have different cards that they recognise. And it tells you others have their own social stories that they've done. But it's quite interesting to see who has what and who are more sort of autism-friendly for families. But I'll send a link to you. Yeah, that'd be really helpful. Yeah, I've got it on my laptop. Yeah. Because these are the sort of things that, I guess, you know, having traveled with my own children, uh, there's a lot to things to think about, and you feel like you have to think for them as well. Yeah. All of this sort of information like that, it, a sensory report, great idea. Mm. I think that's a brilliant idea. Because mm. you just, I can imagine it's kept overwhelming. You just want to be able to take time out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can't really do that in a busy, crowded airport, can you? When there's so many other things that are, are triggering your the overwhelmness and things, you know, at the same time. Yeah, there's hidden disability. That's a sunflower lanyard that you can get. They recognise that with uh, obviously autism, dementia, and anybody can have it. And they'll know that these people have face challenges, and they can use it to get through places quicker. Yeah, or, or they recognise if, if you've got a hidden disability and you've got your an employee, they know you've got that on and they'd be, be calm around you and, you know, so, yeah, that's because I, that's become quite a big thing now in many, many places, not just the airports. Yes, I've seen, um, because at the moment Virgin's got a big push on recognising, and a lot of airlines do this, around the sort of hidden disability, which is a, which is a massive area. In fact, yeah. fear of flying sort of comes under that as well, parts of passenger health. So I didn't know about the, the sunflower. I knew there was some way of doing that. So it's like a sunflower. Like, is there anything else that you know that's available we can talk about? But there, there are definitely more things that people are recognising to help to help people to make it easier and, and less challenging and stressful. Yeah. There you go. Every time. Yeah. One of these podcasts, I learned something. <laughs> so you'll be able to send us that link. I'll find the hidden disabilities page and I'll send you that as well because then you've got that. Yeah, because they, great. I think they've started doing like um, you can put something around your suitcase and you put something that a scarf or something. So you know, so it's just showing making people wear. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll bake those photos and I'll send it all to you. <laughs> Thank you. So, I thought maybe I should get your email address. That might be easier. Yeah, that would be useful. Yeah, we'll do that off. So let's do a last sort of, before you leave us, let's do a little bit of a plug then for, because you, where your books are, uh, I know you've recently, there was, so I saw something on LinkedIn that you're, there's something about your LinkedIn to Virgin now in your books. And so I think, 
I know you don't like blowing trumpets, but why? Perhaps tell us a little bit about that, and, and also where people find your stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, basically, the books are on my website, which is www.caesarbooks.co.uk. They are available on online stores as well. Virgin have got the animation on their aircrafts for the year that it started yesterday so that's quite yesterday so people can view it and watch it i'd love to hear people's views if they've gone holiday and watched it what do you mean by the animation so it's like a video yes yeah, so the susie goes on the airplane has been animated so it and yeah we've just animated so the whole book has been made into a film ideally i would love a children's company to take all the books and make it into so again i think that would be the next level and helping families and children by having a children's tv animation something but yeah sorry went off guard there so yeah so version got that for another year so this is the third time we've had version which is i'm really pleased about and then yeah and there are 13 books you can buy and they're available in hardback or as a pdf which i can email over that is amazing and how did the the virgin sort of link up come about because i guess i mean and why did you choose virgin so again, the first time I was on Virgin was years ago, and I could, that, that, I'm sure there must be some social media that I thought linked made me go ah. And I've got in touch with some people down at, in Virgin who I've still been in touch with, and and it was just yeah, we just did it, and they loved it, and it was great. So, so you can, they can see the animation on the plane, yeah. Susie good. There's a question I've always wanted. I meant to ask you this, you know, like 10 years ago, but I'll ask you it. Why Susie? I know, everybody always asks me this. Um, Susie, when I was at college, we had to do, make a a visual for a child with special needs. And I did Susie Goes to School and created Susie the character. And so it made sense to bring her back from all those years ago. But I know there's just no, and everybody says, why is it? Why a girl? Has Susie got autism? All these questions I get asked, and, and I sort of think, I don't think Susie has got autism. It's just bizarre. It's just, it's just it all fell into place and just worked, really. And who knew that back in all those years ago, created that yeah. character, that uh, she'd be so famous now? Yeah, yeah. And an animation. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It just flows. It just works. What's next on the sort of like, I'm going to write this, or I'm going to do that. I know you'd like to get it as to, to be all animated, so... Is that one of your sort of personal aspirations? Yeah, if I, if, yeah, but again, it's very. I think I imagine it's not an easy. You know, I, I, I don't know enough about it, but I do think if there was someone that looked at, you know, potentially you've got thirteen titles that could be a program or something, you know, that they're ready made sort of thing. But yeah, I've got two more book ideas in my head that I'm going to do. And, the, and obviously see where the football takes it. I, I did. I think the football one would be very good to get animated because that, again, the football clubs have now got sensory rooms as well where they have ch- children go and watch the match because they still want to be inclusive, but ch- children can watch from a glass-fronted quiet room so it's not overwhelming. But if you had that animated and they could watch that as well to explain the football match, you know, I think that would be quite good. So yeah, there's 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 things you know, there's things out there. Loads to keep yourself going. Two other yeah. ideas. And I do think I'm, I should probably stop. You know, I don't know how far I keep going because it's 
in my bookshelf skating full up. <laughs> and B is like, oh, no more. Maybe 15, that'll be my last. 15's a nice number. Yeah. 20's nice to the chart. It's, it's very different. It's not as easy as these people make out. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it is either. I have a, I always think that, because I've written a couple of books myself, perhaps it's many as you, but it, it is a labour of love. It's yeah, a, absolutely. Like a, it's worst. It's the the worst assignment ever, because it never ends up. You never you never finish getting it marked, because you always got somebody's going to look at it, and it and it. Really, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's like it's it's almost like a burden that you got to get rid of, and once you've done it, then it's like a massive relief till you get your next one. Is it like that? Well, see, I'd say it's more pleasurable. Really. I sort of tend to sort of. I just find it a challenge. You know, I've challenged myself to deriving. That's probably the worst, the hardest thing is what, what word's going to rhyme on the next paragraph with that rhyme. But it has to flow as well. You can't, you know, when, when I did the book with another lady, that we had some input from her family and it just didn't flow as nicely. So I just, but again, and then when I did the football book, in the way the pressure was on, so I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to, this right for them it's not for me now it's for someone else and i've got to get it so right but again we i think we all could beat ourselves up a bit sometimes can't we and go oh my god i'm not going to do it and it actually does unfold fit like this <laughs> i mean you set yourself up there didn't you really shouldn't, shouldn't have bothered with that first one <laughs> then you could have let it go but now you think, yeah so if, so you set yourself a very high bar there i don't know <laughs> Oh, I'm just so pleased for you. It's nice to 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 connect with you again after all these years. And I I do remember when you first wrote to us, and I thought it just sort of came from nowhere. You said, oh, "I'll do this book," and you know, would you have a look at it? And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I just I really admire your pluck and your determination to get it out there. And I'm so proud to see that you managed to get it on board third time. Yeah, it's amazing. Just yes, just. It's remarkable, and no doubt, hopefully, you'll get some. A few more people will be picking up the books from this podcast. Yeah, no, I really do wish you well because I think it's you're providing a massively valuable service. Amazing what you do, so thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pleased with it. I am pleased with them. I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy helping others. And like you said, it's the passion in it that knowing that you're helping someone make their day to day experiences easier and less. That's challenging. You're definitely doing that. And now you've done podcasts as well. Maybe, maybe there will be a podcast, a Susie podcast. I need to, I need to be braver. That's what I keep telling myself. Is, now I've done it, once I'm doing it, I'm absolutely fine. It's the initial dread. I just, and, and I just thought, oh, why do I put myself in these situations? But actually, it's been lovely talking to you. And like, I think because we've known each other for so long, through social media and things it's you know it's been really nice so yeah thanks but it was one of those weird things i thought i got onto the call i thought oh, i know Charlotte. and i thought actually never actually properly spoke to no. head it's always just been through social media or emails and stuff like that yeah we've yeah a, we've had a relationship but we've never connected yeah and it's been it's been really lovely it has been really yeah. nice connecting likewise totally agree thank you yeah and thank you for coming all of you because uh we really, really help people as well. So I'll put your links in. So when you send all that stuff up,
all yeah. so people can see where to find out more about what the work that you do and also they can get some help and advice thank you very much take care thank you for listening to the love fly podcast i hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying now if you do need some extra tailored help you can go to our website lovefly.co.uk and click on the courses button you'll find more help there such as our 30-day program and our on-demand webinar thanks again see you next time